Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 31st of July 2016, entitled, Delivered from the Power of Darkness. And the Bible reading is taken from Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, if you were with us the, this morning, for those that were here, of course, this morning we took a bit of a ride on the stormy seas. And we saw that even when we get to wit's end, which literally means all of your wisdom has been swallowed up, you don't know. The waves, the problems just come crashing down. We need to always remember that even though that the problems come crashing down, the person, the power of God is always in control. Our petitions can always be cried out to him, and when we cry out to him, his provision will always be there for us to calm those seas, to get us through, and in the end, all the praise is due to him. And folks, everybody has a stormy way sometimes. Sometimes those waves do seem to be crashing in so hard on us. Well, a similar theme tonight as we carry on, because I guess I felt as I was studying this week and preparing that, you know, it's, it's just there's a lot of people that have been going through a lot of battles, a lot of storms. And of course, one of the things also as many times is that we just can't seem to see the way. But I want to remind you of something else this evening because our thought this evening as we look into the book of Colossians is that you have been delivered from the power of darkness. I know sometimes this old world can seem very dark, but you've been delivered from the power of darkness. It has no power over you as a child of God whatsoever. And if you're with us this evening and you have not been delivered from the power of darkness, I hope and pray that over these next few moments that you will come to understand that you need to be, that you've got an enemy that doesn't want you to be, but you need to be delivered from that power of the darkness that's engulfing you. The book of Colossians chapter 1, I'll invite you to, uh, to stand this evening as we read the first 17 verses from God's preserved word for us, Colossians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Colossus, says in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossa, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which ye have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding 
that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Father, thank you again for your word that's before us this evening. And Lord, in these next moments, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be able to gain from this this evening, Lord, that which we need in our lives. Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. We pray that each and every one of us would leave this place this evening closer and more like our Savior than when we came. We will give you all the praise, all the thanks, all the glory for it. For it's in Jesus Christ's name alone that we pray. Amen and amen. So a lot of good things here when you look at what the Apostle Paul, first of all, is giving thanks and making sure that they realize that Man, they're part of this thing because of the same gospel message that they heard and that they experienced in their lives. And as he's writing to this church and he's praying for them that their understanding, their knowledge, their walk, their good works, their, their strength, all these things, patience and long-suffering and joyfulness, that this would be a reality in their lives. But, of course, that's only possible all of those things, we could go right down through the list there. But he says in verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He can only pray this for them because that they were partakers of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, I want you to try to stop and think for just a moment, where's the darkest place that you've ever been in your life? I mean, have you ever been anywhere that literally was so dark, you know the old saying that you couldn't see your hand before your face? Where's the darkest place that you've ever been? I can, I can remember without too much thinking that the darkest place, and I've been in some pretty dark places sometimes, but the darkest place that I was ever was way, way, way down in the earth, down in a cavern that was literally like, you know, I forget how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet that it was down in the ground, but there was no way that the light could penetrate. Matter of fact, this cavern was so dark that as we walked along that, you know, they had all these lights in the tunnels that we kept going down and we kept going down. And then you get to walking on these metal grates and you look down and you can't see the bottom. And he drops a stone and you can never hear it hit. It just seems like it just goes for eternity and whatnot. And then as we go deeper into there, there's, there's the streams that are running. And of course, these streams have fish in them. But these fish have never, ever, ever, ever seen light. 
They've lived in this darkness always. And of course, as we're going down through there and win all this, and just suddenly they flip all the lights off that are there for us to be able to see. And I never knew that darkness could be so dark. I mean, you literally couldn't. You could hold your hand that close to your face, and you couldn't see a thing. Well, I want you just to realize this evening that that is in a physical world. And wherever you can think of that you've been, that, that literally that no light could penetrate. Because the thing that we have to keep and, and remember and, and understand, and one of the first things that we want to look at this evening is that darkness cannot prevail. It cannot prevail. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, the Bible, speaking of Jesus Christ, said, In him, in Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, literally apprehended not, could not prevail. There is no way. You see, when I was down deep in that cavern in all of that darkness, and they put all of the lights out, then after just a while of everybody standing there and getting all nervous and afraid to move because afraid they might step over the edge too far or something, Suddenly, he just struck a match. And I never knew that one match could be so bright. But in that total, total, total darkness, that one light is just amazing how that it lit up. See, the truth is this, that never, ever, ever, you can't put the light on in a dark room and it stay dark. The darkness cannot comprehend, apprehend, cannot prevail, cannot overtake the light. It is a complete impossibility. The Lord Jesus, the eternal word, the figure of light himself. In John chapter 8, verse 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, we just got through singing it earlier, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Christians, you know, when the apostle Paul was writing to this church at Colossae, he wasn't telling them something new. He was reminding them of something wonderful as fellow believers, of those that had taken the same gospel as him, that he could pray for this peace and joy and knowledge and all of these things in their life, but he could only pray for them because they had been delivered from the power of darkness and were now in the kingdom of light. A lost person, that's why, hey, they really think we're a bunch of nuts sometimes, don't they? <laughs> they think we're a bunch of idiots. They think that we don't have any sense whatsoever. Well, you know, they're not far wrong a lot of times if, you're, <laughs> if you look at some of us more so than others. But note to them, they can't see the things that we see because they're still in darkness. But I want you to keep in mind, it is a dark world, but darkness cannot prevail over the light. Now, Jesus Christ is the light, but the same Bible teaches us that Satan, and his kingdom in Scripture are always figures of darkness. Jesus is the light, but Satan darkness. Jesus came to set men free from that kingdom of darkness that Satan has. The darkness can never prevail over the light. When Jesus is there, Satan can never prevail, prevail over Jesus Christ. 
any more than darkness can ever prevail over the light. But there's a real battle that we need to remember that is going on around us all the time. Sometimes it can get discouraging and frustrating because maybe maybe we just we said this morning that these storms in our life they can come from all kinds of things and sometimes sometimes it can actually be because there's family and friends and those that we love so dearly we want to see them saved but nothing seems to be making a difference in their lives nothing seems to make any difference whatsoever and the truth is is that Satan doesn't want them to be saved. But they can't see what you can see. But Satan is fighting all the time. He wants to be able to hang on to them. He wants to be able to keep them in darkness. And they are, before they become a child of God, the only reason that this prayer could be prayed for the church was because they had been delivered from the power of darkness. Without Jesus Christ... There is no way that you yourself can get power over that darkness. Luke chapter 15, verse, verse 10, the Bible says, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. <laughs> That's pretty amazing when you stop and think about it. I mean, heaven and all this going on and all the rejoicing and all the absolutely fantastic things that are there that we can't even begin to imagine. And yet, when one sinner comes and repents and accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Bible says even those angels start rejoicing. It's an exciting thing. Another one has been delivered from the power of darkness that Satan holds over and that keeps them blinded. Find that... I can remember I used the illustration this morning during the Bible study time before the, the worship time about, you know, sometimes the importance of the words that we speak and, and that those words, when we affirm those words, that they ought to always, always, always be for the purpose of building people up, of strengthening those that have been built up, of giving godly advice and guidance in their life and bringing good cheer, making them glad. And the Bible goes so far to say if you're going to speak something to somebody that doesn't do that, you ought not to speak at all. If it's going to tear down, if it's going to weaken, if it's going to some, And we even look to the fact that, yes, sometimes, sometimes hard things have to be said. The Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. What is always the purpose behind it? What is always the motive behind it? Keep in mind, Satan's motive is always destruction. God's motive is always life. He wants to break them free from that, that power of darkness. I used the illustration talking this morning that one way that those words, why is it that the home team is seen to have the advantage when they're playing, whether it's a football match or some sporting event and they're out there, it's always preferable to be on the home court or the home field. Why? Because of all the fans that are there in the stadium that are going to be cheering and rooting you on. And, and, you know, when you feel like you can't go anymore, suddenly there's somebody there to, to cheer you on and say, yes, you can go. And yes, we're with you. And yes, we're behind you. You find that in this world, Satan is always trying to keep people in darkness. And I kind of thought of that when, when I was thinking about those angels rejoicing in heaven 
I said, I bet it's kind of like when they get a goal at a, at, a, at a football match, and man, the whole place just kind of goes up. I can remember sometime being in the stadium back when they were standing stadiums, and boy, when they got to go, you didn't know which way you were going because you went whichever way that that crowd took you because everybody was just rejoicing so much. Matter of fact, they didn't have to get a goal. If it just even looked like they might get a goal, then the place would just break loose. And I said, wow, one sinner. It's such an exciting event. I mean, we get so excited over just a, a ball going into a net. Yet heaven gets excited when somebody's been taken from that power of darkness that Satan is trying so hard to, to keep them in. I've had people that, you know, Christians a lot of time express themselves in a lot of different ways. And a lot of different churches doing it in different ways. And Rivka found out some of that like when she was over in the states where we come from. I mean, you know, Baptist churches react in all kind of different ways and all kind of different things. And I can remember that one time when we were on the, on the church there on the Cherokee Indian Reservation and, uh, and she was sitting there and my wife was sitting there and Amber was sitting there and, and I was up there preaching and all of a sudden this, 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 this old white-headed lady, I mean, her hanky come out of her, out of her purse or wherever that she had that thing and, and suddenly that hanky, if I can get mine out of my pocket, suddenly that, that hanky was going over her head and man, she tore loose and Rifka back come out of her skin. That lady was happy. She was, she was excited about something. Well, that don't bother me if it's truly coming from inside. It bothers me a lot when I've been in some places where it looked like Joe over here was trying to outdo Bill over there and seeing who could shout the loudest, who could run the heart. Now, I'm not talking about the flesh. People react differently. You see, by the same token, I've seen some that react to the same kind of thing, and it's just they sit there with no sound whatsoever, and maybe they start getting some little leaks in the corner of their eyes, and it starts running down, and you know, what I'm saying, folks, is rejoicing can take place in a lot of places, but it ought to express itself. And you ought not to be expressing yourself just to impress somebody else, but it's what should be coming from your heart. We're talking about exciting stuff here. Paul could pray for these brethren in this church because they, because of the gospel that they'd accepted and received, they'd been delivered from the power of darkness which they were under, and they were placed into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something. It should be an indescribable blessing to each and every one of us to understand that Satan can try all he wants, and he will. He could try to pull every stunt that he's got in his bag, and he will. But in the end, darkness can never prevail over the light. The victory's in Jesus. And I don't care if it's in your life or that friend of yours or that family member of yours. Yes, Satan wants to keep them in the darkness. But let me tell you something. When Jesus Christ comes in, you can't stay in the darkness any longer. The darkness can never, ever, ever prevail over the light. Keep that in mind. But secondly, we can keep that in mind that darkness never prevails over light. But secondly, the devil continually persists to keep them in darkness. That's his job. That's what he does. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, he says, But if our gospel be hid, now look at the difference. Paul says, I'm praying this for you because the gospel's been delivered to you and you've seen that gospel and you've reacted to that gospel here the church of Corinth, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. 
It's as impossible as anything you could ever imagine for the gospel to be hid to a Christian. It can't be. When the light comes in, you can't hide the gospel. If it is hid, if it's in darkness, if it's not seen, it's to them that are lost. He says, in whom the God of this world, who's that? Satan. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So you got Satan here. He is going to continue persistently try to keep you in darkness. It's kind of like trying to keep a sack over your head. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't want that light to get through because there's no way. There's no way if the light of Jesus Christ, if the light of the gospel comes into your life, there's no way not to see it, not to accept it. His only hope to keep a person lost is to keep them in darkness. Does it ever get frustrating to you why that some of these lost people act the way they do and why, they, why, why can't you see this? Why can't you understand this? Well, it's like asking a blind person. Why can't you see that I've got a green tie on? What's wrong with you? Open your eyes. We're sending it out to these lost people. Just, just look. We've got to remember, they're in the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says that if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The God of this world, he wants to blind the unbeliever. To blind literally means to blunt the mental discernment to darken the mind. He doesn't want them to be able to see it and understand it. Does that mean that that person can't be saved? No. It does mean that when that sinner hears the gospel, if he neglects to believe for any reason, then Satan has got the upper hand on him. He's able to begin to continue to build on that blinding process that causes it more difficult for that person to believe. We find that so many times people want to play games. They, you know, God, by his grace, allows somebody to come along to show them the gospel message. Maybe they think, well, that's not really convenient for me right now. I've got these other things in my life that I need to do or that I want to go here and I want to do that, and they want to just put it off for another time. Folks, the sad thing is, if you're in darkness... You can't find the way by yourself. You can't just decide one day that you're going to leave the darkness and go to the light. You won't even know which way to go. You won't be able to find your way out. You can only find your way out while the light is shining, while the light is there so that you can see, so that you can see where to go. The world is full of people. They just don't take God seriously. They don't know the difference. And right now, why are they acting that way? Because that's the way they're supposed to act. They're lost. They're blinded. They can't see the things of God. That's why we need to have the patience, the love, the burden for them. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 and 8, So thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. People speak the name of God day in and day out, and they speak it in vain. They speak it without the respect and the honor. Many of them, they don't even believe that he is who they say that he is. 
James chapter 2, verse 10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Preacher, what, are you, what am I saying? I'm saying that without God's grace that allows the gospel to come into somebody's life, it's only through the gospel that they can see Jesus Christ, that the light can come on. You've heard me, and I won't give the whole illustration because I've used it before, but it's like if all of us just go back in time, I told you to think of that darkest place that you'd ever been. And when you're in that dark place, you can't see anything. But you know, spiritually speaking, that's exactly where all of us were before Jesus Christ came into our life. We didn't see our guilt. We didn't see our need. We didn't see our sin. We just saw ourselves. Sometimes we saw ourselves as a pretty good person. And you know, I know a lot of lost people in this world that probably try to be nicer people than some of the Christians that I know. Some of them are nicer people. That doesn't mean they're going to heaven one day. We find that suddenly through the gospel, there's a light comes on. When you see Jesus, Jesus is the light of the world. You see, what it is is when you really see Jesus, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The only way to come to God is through Jesus Christ and he's the light. He's the only light that will deliver you from the power of that darkness. You see, Jesus, I heard a preacher say one time that he spent a lot of his years preaching about Jesus. That sounds like a pretty good thing. If you're going to preach about anything, preach about Jesus. But he said one day he came to realize that he was missing the mark. He wasn't supposed to be preaching about Jesus. He was supposed to be preaching Jesus. There's a big difference. We can preach about something, but they need to see Jesus they need Jesus to be there. They need that light in their lives to be delivered from that darkness. Remember, darkness can never prevail over light. But the devil is persistently, continually trying to keep them in darkness. He will do everything in his power. What we need to do, there's only one thing that will change their lives, folks. We can beat ourselves over the head. We can try. We can, we can try to do all these things that we can just to get them to understand, but it's only response to the gospel. The gospel is the only thing that can put that light on. I started to say when that light first comes on, and for the very first time in your life, it's only because you see Jesus that suddenly you see your sin. Ooh, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know I was so dirty. I didn't know I needed a bath so bad. You begin to see all the filth of this sin that you've never seen because part of repentance is beginning to see your sin like God sees it. Not like man sees it. You see it like God sees it. Jesus Christ is the light. Jesus Christ is the one that will allow you to see that sin and know that you need to do something about it. But you know, I remember that from that time that I first recognized that and got saved, it's a long ways and it's kind of like this, 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 this journey that we take through life and Day by day, we're supposed to be getting closer to Jesus, more like Jesus. It's like, you know, our whole life, if it were one straight line from where we are when we first get saved to where the day that we'll be just like Jesus Christ, guess what? The more we travel through life, the more you get to the light, the brighter the light is. And the brighter the light of Jesus Christ is, guess what? You'll see your sin like never before. I, I, I struggle. I'm, I'm no man's judge. I struggle with these people that suddenly think that they have arrived so much because it seems to me that 
the more we move in our Christian life, the closer we get to Christ, the more we realize how unworthy we are. The more we realize how dirty that we really are. Our sins are so, so black and so horrible. But you say, well, preacher, why would I want to do that? Why would I, why would I want to do something in life that's going to make me be worse and feel worse about myself all the time? Because you really are that way. And the more you see yourself that way, though, the closer you get to the light, the more you see Jesus, the more you depend on him, the more you realize it's all Jesus or it's nothing. It's all by grace or it's nothing. It's what Jesus Christ did for me or I have no hope, but in him I have all hope. So the closer, the more we get to him, yes, the more vile that we see that this flesh really, really is, but the greater that Christ is, the more we want to be like him, the more we want our lives to be transformed not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So please, I just want to remind you of this wonderful, glorious news this evening that darkness can never, ever, ever prevail over light. The darkness that is Satan can never prevail over the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil continually persists at trying to keep men in darkness but if you can get them to Jesus Christ, I promise you, I promise you that that darkness cannot prevail over the light of Christ. I want to give you one third point this evening. You see, deliverance. How do we get delivered? Delivered from the power of darkness. Deliverance is conditional upon Christ alone. That's what we've been talking about. That's what we're see. See, God loves the world in spite of its lost condition. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever in that world would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. He knows that Satan is trying to keep us in the darkness. He knows that Satan through sin is trying to keep us in bondage. John chapter 1 verses 4 to 5, we read that a while ago. What did it say? In him, Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And all that darkness, when it was shining, <laughs> when Jesus Christ, the light of Christ, shined in it, the darkness could not prevail. The darkness could not overtake it. We find that he says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He's the light. We're out of that darkness. We don't have to be there anymore. When a person is engulfed in that spiritual darkness, the situation, the circumstances, they can all seem to be so hopeless. And they really are. That's what Satan is there to convince them, but the truth is is that they really only are hopeless as long as they listen to his lie because he is the liar. He is the one. The moment, the moment that they're willing to repent, the moment that they will believe that gospel message and they'll turn from their sins and they'll put their faith in Christ, their faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work, they are translated from that darkness and into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're no longer the same. They're a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
Folks, we're not even living in the same world. A few Sundays back, we looked at our citizenship being in heaven. We're all foreigners. We're all strangers. We got all kind of different colored passports down here. But I got news for you. Whatever color your passport is, whatever it says on there, if you're a child of God, you're a foreigner. You're a stranger. You're an alien in this world because we belong to his kingdom. The unsaved make up the kingdom of darkness. The saved are in the kingdom of God's dear son. First, there's the deliverance. You can't. You can't break away. You can't escape Satan's kingdom on your own. You can't even see. You don't even know until the truth comes along, until Jesus Christ comes into your life. What did he say there? Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us to meet, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, to be able to be partakers of those that are in the light, that are not in the darkness any longer. He's delivered us from that power of darkness. That deliverance is only in Jesus Christ, folks. We're not trying to be mean or narrow-minded or bigoted. He's the only way. There is no other way. Everybody's been on an elevator before, right? I, I don't know if you did. I mean, I, I guess I can tell how stupid I was as a kid sometimes, but I can remember, I remember getting, getting on the elevator, you know, and, and, and you're going to punch the floor in, but sometimes you're going to help that elevator along by, you know, jumping up in the air a little bit or, you know, and, and, and trying to, to help that elevator do what it's doing on its own. Sometimes in our Christian lives, we get on the elevator, we punch the button, go to heaven, and then we try to jump up and down and help that elevator along. It ain't, ain't going to go no faster. It ain't going to go no other direction. You can jump up and down and do all you want to. It's going to do its job. Folks, we can't help God with this. God can help us. When we get on board, we're going to go through to the finish. We're going to go to the floor where he is there waiting for us personally, but we don't need to try. So many times, that's, where, that's the scary bit. You see, I look at all of you this evening, and man, you all look great. But only God can see what's on the inside. Only God sees your heart. You know, this evening, are you in the kingdom of light? Are you in the kingdom of darkness? Do you really, you know what I mean? Religion won't help you. No church will help you. Nobody else can help you. Mom and dad and brothers and sisters, nobody else can help you except Jesus. That is the only way that you could be released from this darkness. That's the only way that you can be brought into the light. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, delivered from the power of darkness. Without Jesus Christ, you're being held captive in the darkness. If the gospel is hid, if you haven't seen it, I, you know, I don't think that it's possible I don't think that it's possible if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's who he is and what he's done, that he died, that he rose again the third day. 
I'm, I'm yet to be convinced that anybody can honestly, genuinely see that and not get saved. The problem is, is the devil keeps them blinded to it. They don't put their faith and trust all in Jesus Christ and what he did. But that's what I'm encouraging you this evening. And I'm trying to remind you as the saints, just like this letter that was being written to them here, remember, remember all these other things, all the joy and the patience, all the knowledge and all those good things that come. You can only have them because you've been translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you've got Jesus, darkness can never, ever, ever overpower that light. It's a complete impossibility. And even though the devil continually persists to keep you in darkness, in Jesus Christ, you're delivered and set free. Simple truth that the Apostle Paul was giving us here, we need to remember that for our lost family and friends, for ourselves as well. We're no longer in the darkness. We've got the light. So let's move forward. Let's live for the Lord. Let's allow these other things to be part of our life. We're not under that power of, of Satan in the darkness anymore. We're under the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's let him control our lives. Father, I thank you this evening that, Lord, we can have the confidence of knowing. Lord, we can all remember what darkness is like, both physically and spiritually. We can't look back and remember a time spiritually in our lives when we were in the darkness and the light came on. Something is missing, Lord. Because religion doesn't turn that light on. Attending church doesn't turn that light on. Being part of a Christian home doesn't turn that light on. Jesus Christ alone is the light. He's the only light. Lord, I pray that even this evening, here in the sanctuary, or maybe someone that will be listening to this later online, Lord, the truth is, is that if they're there, and they're in that darkness, and Satan is persistently trying to keep them there, I pray. I pray that the the light of Jesus Christ through the gospel will shine into their hearts, into their lives, and allow them to see, yes, they are a sinner, but Jesus died for those sins. He died to pay the penalty. And if they'll accept that, if they'll cry out to you for mercy, you will forgive them. You will wash away those sins. They can be translated right now this moment from the power of that darkness that has its grips upon them into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, that are in that kingdom. Help us, Lord. Help us to not only take advantage of that light in our walks, but help us, Lord, that that light would shine through us, that the light of Christ could shine through us into this dark world, into those that are being held bondage by the power of that darkness around us. May the light of Christ shine through our lives to them. All for your glory and your honor. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. 